I've been muted for the past minute. <laughs> That's bloody great, isn't it? Ah, oh, lovely. Yep, listening back to it, I'm muted. Fantastic. fan bloody tastic Well done, me. Well, I opened the show <laughs> by saying hello to my fatigue, but I've got a load to edit out now, so I just need to remember to do that once the video finally processes because it takes like a whole day. <laughs> so what? So I need to kind of reiterate what I was saying then. So first of all, hello and welcome to LP Radio, <laughs> the LP Radio NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for all your wrestling news. Uh, today we're talking about NXT and the kind of overall show. For me, this NXT episode felt the most like an old school episode of NXT purely because of the blasting through everything in the first hour. And then you got your main event. So like 45 minutes into the show, me as a British viewer, wasn't an hour, obviously, because of the adverts. And so about 45 minutes in was when the entrances were being done for the main event. So it really did feel like an old school episode of NXT, purely because they blasted through all of that stuff. Uh, before I get into the main event, I just want to uh, give a shout out to Katie Michael, who passed away. The news came out in the hour before I came live. 26 is nothing. I'm, I'm only 28 and thinking about that is kind of crazy, so I guess I don't want to say in his honour, but I'll, in, well, in terms of covering the match, I'll, I kind of, I'll try and be as positive as possible in terms of covering the wrestling uh, tonight. But I am asking the question, is the negative reception to the ending of the four-man, one-hour Ironman match deserved? And to delve into that, I've got to go into a bit of the negativity, but the one thing that I'm not seeing, I finally caught up with myself <laughs> before I muted it, in terms of... The uh, I guess perception of this is my, my the reason I was such a big fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, why it's jumped up to being my number one, is because of the phrase "time investment equals reward," or like, how much reward do you get for your time investment? And my big issue with WWE at the time when I jumped over to New Japan, which would have been 2014, really got into it in 2015, was that that little measurement there. The amount of time that I'm investing, what is the amount of reward that I'm getting back in terms of enjoyment, in terms of how much I'm enjoying these characters, in terms of how much I'm seeing these characters that they're asking me to get invested into, to seeing them succeed, into seeing them grow. And that got worse and worse as the years went on from like 2014 to the end of the decade. It feels like they've made a real U-turn during this lockdown period, more out of necessity, but the fact they've made it, I can praise them for that. But... New Japan, I felt like the more I watched it, the more I got out of it. The more rewarded I felt for getting into these characters, to watching their journey, watching their adventure. And that peaked and peaked until, I think it was 2018, when it was Tetsuya Naito versus Kazuchika Okada. That was years upon years of building, of investment, of reinvention. Uh, finding yourself as a character, as a wrestler, uh, and building a whole new kind of world around yourself. And that was amazing to watch. Just that, reaching that peak moment and arguably and last year or I guess this year sorry 2020 god it feels like last year January doesn't it <laughs> but I feel like that peak moment was years and years of investment like a seven year length of story from one point to the next and I loved that it was great 
Tonight's main event signifies my biggest problem with WWE in terms of time investment and reward. And they gave us a fantastic main event match. I just want to get off the, that off my chest first. I thought the match was brilliant. I enjoyed every moment of it. One th Again, one leg up I had, I didn't see any spoilers. I knew nothing about the ending. All I knew was that I'd seen some people say spoilers are out and some people were being quite negative about it. And I guess shout out to Rich Latter. He was like the first guy that I saw. <laughs> who uh, Rich Latter of One Nation Radio and, and Swerve Studio. But he... Uh, yeah, he was uh, tweeting out about the negativity on the main event, and I saw that. I was like, right, I'm going to check out. I'm going to leave it to see, to see what it was, because it might be rich being rich, <laughs> or it might be something I generally would also find. Uh, so I'd, I left it, but that's all I knew. And because it's wrestling, there's a very strong chance I wouldn't mind. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how it ended or anything. I was like, God, do they do like a just a full-on draw, like a nil-nil, and just do it again or something? Um, but my issue with it is it's time investment and reward and after 60 minutes after going through that journey I really did enjoy the journey I thought that was really well done I and even if it was every guy was even until right at the end where you get a succession of falls like even if it was that it's a bit of a shame that all of that time investment essentially for like your reward is seeing somebody getting crowned at the end and getting that jubilant moment and that time investment was just, bleh, no, used to then try and get you to tune in next week, uh, which is a TV trick that's used quite a lot, as in it builds up and builds up and builds up, and just when it's about to get to that moment that that thing's build, building up to all, all episode, that crowning moment, that's when they kind of just hold it off till the next week. And... Like, Walking Dead was sometimes awful with that. <laughs> just the, it would build and build and build, and when it gets to the thing you've been dying to see, they hold it off till next time. Um, or even next season sometimes. <laughs> uh, but it's a time and reward issue. Because 60 minutes is a long time. And I guess another thing in terms of people complaining, there is already precedent for what happens if a match ends in a draw, is you just do overtime. And so, oh, it's four people. We well, do overtime with the two people on two. That's it. <laughs> and because there is that precedent where every time in the past there's been an Ironman match and it's been a draw come the end, every single time it's gone into overtime. So there's, I think, I feel like in terms of fan complaints, that's another thing where if we haven't seen previous precedent, where if we have not seen it in the past where it ends in a draw, therefore you go into overtime immediately. Instead, we're getting overtime next week. William Meagle did shout, it's overtime, or something like that. Sudden death, that was it. <laughs> he shouted that it's going to be sudden death next week. Uh, but it's the, it's the hook to try and get you to tune in next week. I'm reviewing the thing, so obviously that's never a decision I have to make. <laughs> it's out of my hands. But still, it's... Yeah, that, that's my only negative, really. It's, I see the, the uh, idea that's being played here. Personally, in terms of, again, time investment and reward, after such a massive time investment, again, if this is a 30-minute Ironman match, it's not... I still wouldn't recommend it, <laughs> but it's not as bad. It's because it's one hour. It's such a long period of time to get a decisive winner that the fact you then use that to build up to next week... Personally, one hour is too much time you're asking too much of a time investment from the viewer to then do the knock-on swerve, essentially, try and get them to tune in next time. Uh, one hour is too much for a match. 
you can do that. You can do that for multiple matches. Just not a one-hour Iron Man match. That feels like a def- definitive and final kind of stipulation. It's a yeah. That's my that's my personal take on it. <laughs> Is I really enjoyed the match. I will enjoy the match next week. The biggest con, really, is that Finn Balor's winning. Uh, Adam Cole's not winning. Like he held, he's held, he's held the title for so long. Going to be a bit silly to give it him back. And it's, it's it's kind of like it's so certain that Finn Balor's winning that the amount of tension and investment I had in this match isn't there next week. And that's that's not great as a hook like in terms of getting me excited for next week. Because I was really excited for this four-way. With the four men involved, I was like, we're going to get an amazing match, go on such a journey. And we kind of did. It's just a shame that it was you. All that time investment and your reward isn't really a reward. Your reward is tune in next week, please. It's not the same. (laughs) So that's my big takeaway from it. It's WWE yet again in terms of time investment and reward. The time investment part does is where far outweighs the reward portion and uh, yeah, it's just part of the course unfortunately uh, but the match itself was great and i'll go into a kind of play-by-play of it later when i go into the run of the card which i'll be doing next uh, however i'm gonna take a drink of water first <laughs> don't know why i flicked my finger at the screen huzzah mm. lovely jubbly anyway let's get on to the rundown of the show so I'll be going through from the first match and I'll be going into the main event is in, in as much detail as one probably should. <laughs> I'm not, it's not beat by beat. But again, in a one hour match, I still want to try and get the essence of it. Like how one bit flowed to the other without just going, they saved the falls till the end, really. Had them all even and did two at the end. It's like, yeah, yeah, kind of, but there's a bit more to it <laughs> than that in terms of like why I really enjoyed it. But... On a card where everybody was really tuning in for that much-hyped main event, they gave us a six-man street fight. <laughs> like a fun all open of this. <laughs> a big old weapony brawl. Like, and it's like, yeah, it, it was great to see our faces proving themselves in a chaotic environment, which we assumed would be perfectly suited for our heels. And like, I wasn't expecting this kind of match to be on this card. Again, a which could have been a one-match card. You didn't need as like hot a first half than you did the second half, and uh, maybe it says something that Johnny Gargano before the show even aired put out that just like just enjoy the wrestling tonight. Like let's not complain. Let's just enjoy the wrestling. It's like hmm, something to miss. <laughs> Again, that was the other thing I saw. Johnny Gargano then which latter's tweet and like hmm, but I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> I'm going to leave it now. Uh, but yeah, we started off on you know, a really fun note. Like our faces proving themselves in this chaotic environment. Uh, before the break, they were fully reigning supreme, uh, singing the high note of fire extinguishers spraying the legado. That was, uh, again, ending on such a fun note to go into the break. After the break, things had really swung and only really gotten worse for the faces, especially for Tyler Breeze. Getting beaten down at ringside by Wilder Mendoza, finally getting to his feet when he was not right back down by Eichner and Bartel running in. The odds really against him as he'd gotten beaten down four on one before getting rolled back into the ring to be up against an even worse five on one with the uh, El Legado del Fantasma leader there. When Fandango and Swerve rolled up atop a forklift, <laughs> Paul Hobbenden from the front. Oh, on a forklift. <laughs> how can you surprise somebody? How can you surprise attack somebody from the front on a forklift? 
Like, it's difficult enough to surprise attack somebody from the front, <laughs> you know, because they can see you. But to do it on a forklift, like, oh, that is some special ninja powers. <laughs> like, snuck on them, snuck up on them from the front like real ninjas. <laughs> so, uh, just don't think about it, Matt. <laughs> just don't think about it. Breeze helps clean up. Uh, Swerve slams down Escobar and pins the Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, they both, Fandango and Swerve atop the forklift, both like somersaulted off of it. They both jumped off it onto the five men, catching them by surprise. <laughs> uh, but yeah, don't think enough about it. Was I enjoyed it? It was a fun match, and it fit it fit the tone of the fun match. Well, it was a yes, it was a kind of technically a street fight, but still, it was like mostly still in that realm of fun. And I thought Fandango, uh, sorry Breezango, did a really good job of remaining fun whilst kind of upping the ante a little bit, uh, using the weapons whilst also then doing fun stuff as well. Uh, but yeah, Swerve picks up the pin, pinning the Cruiserweight Champion. If I'm right, that's the f either the first time he's been pinned, or like, I think he got pinned in the tournament. Uh, either way, like Swerve being put over strong, and it was a really fun way to kick off the show, uh, which then took us on again. He can't top <laughs> sneak attack from the front on a forklift. <laughs> it's just I love that uh, VTR on the latest. We used to be friends uh, NXT Women's Arc. They're not always bad. They just run this angle a lot, like really a lot. It's at least a point now where I kind of zone out of these. It's like, oh, it's another arc in the NXT women's division of we used to be friends. Now we've fallen out, we're not. It's like, you can do more than this. Like Ray Ripley, Mercedes Martinez, that is more than this. And that's great to see. It's just, it's just a shame that we're seeing it so often in the women's division. It's like, yeah, I'm, just try something new. It's fine. You don't, you don't have to do the friends angle all the time. But it sent us into Candice LeRae versus Katie Catanzaro, who was accompanied by Caden Cross. Uh, been a... Was it Caden Carter? Oh, that's done me in. Anyway, it's been a while since we've seen Catanzaro. Like, someone who's always impressed as a smaller underdog with incredible athleticism. Casey got in her own run of offence. Unfortunately, she uh, hit a countering wall in LeRae in the end. Uh, reversing her scissors and grounding her down, uh, locking the legs before stomping her face down hard into the mat. She is out. <laughs> One, two, three. Candice wins. Uh, after the match, the victor cuts a promo on Tegan Knox. Mentions how, yeah, they legitimately were friends. And how, like Tegan, Candice also wants to patch things out. Uh, and she invites Tegan Knox out to dinner. I mean, if this ends up with a Gargano house skit, then I'm... Then I'm down for it. Like, I love those things. It's it's, it's seem, seemingly satirising suburban America as well. <laughs> it's just like a added detail to the wackiness to it. It's like, not we're not just suburban America, suburban wrestling fan. <laughs> I guess America as well. Uh, yeah, I uh, I love those kind of quirky statements where it's normal house, but something not right. <laughs> I love the feel of it. Uh, Rhea Ripley is backstage and she cuts a promo to camera on Mercedes Martinez. Challenges her to a steel cage match so she can rip her limb from limb. Uh, Ripley's just awesome. Like, seriously, she's number one in my call them up yesterday list. And I feel like ever so made she proved how great she is. And now she feels like, like the, I guess, best star in NXT, period. So the fact that she's not called up is strange because <laughs> he's more than ready. But then again, you look at the main roster and they're figuring stuff out. Like Ray Ripley, she gets to have a great feud and put over and help get Mercedes Martinez over in NXT, and herself come across as an absolute badass, whilst she doesn't get wasted and not used on the main roster. 
Like, if she would have got Bianca Belair, it's like, yeah, I much prefer this to flat out not being used. Like, yeah, so, so much more. Next up, Bronson Reed versus Timothy Thatcher. First off, Bronson Reed's video, absolutely amazing. <laughs> My God, the kaiju entrance. It is fantastic. I love the effect that the buildings give. And I have retweeted it. Uh, thank you, Stephanie, for putting that out there. <laughs> so I can just find it and immediately retweet it. But my God, the effect of the buildings kind of going by as he's walking forward, it's, it looks amazing. Uh, it, it's a nice visual effect. I don't know if you, they could pull it off on the with the, the way the LED boards are arranged on the main roster. Cause I was just thinking, seeing it on those boards might be even more impressive. <laughs> but in, on the NXT setup, it looks absolutely amazing. And... Uh, like all the kudos into the world to whoever designed that, whoever put that together, it generally looks fantastic. Uh, but uh, he had a match against Bronson Reed after he didn't. He was Bronson Reed <laughs> against Timothy Thatcher after that amazing entrance. Uh, this show, first off, moving along at quite a pace, like bashing through everything in time for the hour-long main event. The big Aussie, re- did I do the fifth point for the big Aussie? <laughs> really proving himself against the overly confident in his abilities, Thatcher. Uh, a nice spot with Timothy kicking up from the ground, so Reed just jumps on him. <laughs> Genius! Uh, Thatcher zoning in on the forearm of the Australian, tearing at the joint, talking that one limb over and over, but Bronson hits his offence after offence, just using the other arm. Smart man. Uh, a straight shot knocks Thatcher back, a nice bounce off the ropes into an elbow as well, a dive to the outside, leave it leading with said elbow. Upping the ante in, in athleticism as well. Just another nice touch for the big man. Uh, the latter, being the dive to the outside, however, ended up with him still landing on the worked-on arm. Ending up in him slowly making his way to his feet, clutching at the thing. Uh, when Austin Theory ran down and clobbered him from behind, uh, Theory levelled Reed and rolled him back into the ring for Thatcher to willfully feed on the scraps, wrenching back the arm and eventually forcing the big man to submit. I was like, yeah, nice little match this, setting up multiple, I guess, feuds for Bronson Reed as well. Like, the, I'll call it the North American Championship kind of scene of NXT of uh, a couple, like, hopeful lads kind of growing. Uh, it's, it's building nicely. Again, you've got Timothy Thatcher, you've got Bronson Reed, you've got Austin Theory coming back, you've got D- uh, Damien Priest in there as well. Uh, and uh, Cameron Grimes, who, again, was the linchpin of that ladder match. <laughs> I loved him. It's like, yeah, it's all building really nicely. After that, we got Mercedes Martinez accepting Rhea Ripley's challenge for a steel cage match next Tuesday. They're building up uh, Super Tuesday. Tuesday. Super Tuesday. I'm I'm bloody calling it that next week. (laughs) You can't stop me with my crappy pun. This week was spicy chicken because of the font they used. Really looking like uh, they get your spicy chicken. (laughs) Just font they use on those adverts. I was like, oh, it's spicy chicken Tuesday. (laughs) I'm going with it. And I forgot to eat any spicy chicken beforehand. I said I'd go all in last week, and I haven't. Apologies. <laughs> right, now for the main event. Again, this was a one-hour Iron Man match with four men, where it kicked up the pace quite a few times. So I'll see how well I did with my notes. <laughs> but the main event to crown the new NXT champion, or did it, uh, Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole versus Finn Balor versus Tommaso Ciampa in a four-man, one-hour Iron Man match. Oh, stipulation upon stipulation. One hour is a long time. Like, a lot can happen. Like, such wild swings of momentum. 
And uh, Finn Balor controlled the initial minutes, like always managing to keep two down whilst walloping one in the ring. Like uh, Gargano was eventually able to play opportunist. Adam Cole was the one on the end of most of the offense, like only really managing to like get through some like fight like ten minutes in, just like throw out some fight ten minutes in. But the initial stages strongly followed the two in the ring formula, like my least favorite of the multi man matches. But this was a one hour match, so I kind of forgave them and uh, like the only combination in that not played was Gargano and Champa. they held that one off uh, it kicked up a tad about 20 minutes in so my worry was half an hour in or 40 minutes in 20 minutes it's still not you know preferable but it's understandable as well like they're setting the groundwork they're kind of slowly building it up and uh, that was when all four exchanged kicks uh, they were all kind of down, shortly followed by a three-man Tower of Doom spot. Uh, Adam Cole still on the end of pretty much everything. But the pace slowly quickening. Uh, Cole completely unable to follow up with offence uh, after he gets back in on stuff. Like Champa holding him off and Gargano eventually running in. The Undisputed Era man tried to spin Johnny off of him but ended up in the Gargano escape. Bala runs in and flips into... Not Bala. Uh, Champa runs in... And flips into a Fujiwara armbar on Balor. There we bloody go. <laughs> I was picturing it again in my head. The point being, Gargano's got the Gargano escape on Cole. And Champa has an armbar on Balor. Oh, the old days of DIY. Nice little pop from me. Uh, that would have got a huge pop from an actual crowd. But from the, you know, uh, create, not from the, from the WWE 2K crowd, essentially. It's, yeah, not the same. Uh, both men make it to the ropes and fight the DIY lads off, though. Uh, there was a nice spot with Cole and Bella two-sweeting. It's like, oh, that, that's the character stuff that I love. Both former Bullet Club men of different generations. Uh, I, I love that kind of spot. That's, that's the stuff I love. Uh, but the Prince immediately turns and throws Adam out of the ring to follow up with a plancher. Uh, Bella runs riot. John Woo drop kicks for everybody. Back in the ring and the coup de grace to Cole, one, two, three, and Finn Balor scores the first fall of the match by just purely getting, gaining momentum and not letting go. Big thumbs up for not waiting for no falls till the end. <laughs> that was my worst fear. In a four-way match, I was like, no, it would be too chaotic. Surely somebody would get caught. It kind of it makes a lot more sense when you've got more men like that. Like a four-man run of chaos really dictated a different approach, and I'm glad they went with that. Like a nice Follow-up as well, with that pin essentially putting a target on Finn's back. No rest with him having to smartly fight off the other lads for as long as he could. Uh, Champa eventually grounded his pace before Cole's running failed with him ending up crashing down after a powerbomb onto the double knees. But Bala broke up the fall. Gargano in, also caught into the powerbomb double knees. Broken up again by Bala. Uh, Champa having none of it straight into a third attempt, this time driving Finn himself down onto the knees. But the Irishman kicks out. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, that sequence was amazing. I loved that. Uh, I can't remember. There were a lot of parts that happened in Picture in Picture that were like, generally great sequences. And like in the, main, in the opening match as well, in the street fight, there was a table bump in the Picture in Picture. <laughs> it's just like, my God, they're like, really going out there and having fantastic matches. But it's happening in Picture in Picture, which is really strange. <laughs> it's just, uh, this match had so many kind of great sequences that were happening. Uh, anyway, uh, Champ's in disbelief at Bala's kick out. He uh, tries to repeat uh, the devastating spot from last week 
and goes to Adam Cole to drive him up into the metal frame of the ring. Uh, but Balor's there again, stopping it all. Uh, and But he plays the ultimate price as he meets a fairy tale ending in the ring. When Gargano sneaks in, pushes Champa out and steals the pin. And uh, Gargano joins Finn on the scoreboard. And Champa, obviously the tension builds. He just can't get a pin. Champa, obviously pissed, goes after Gargano. Uh, but he's lost focus on Adam Cole, who nearly scores a pin on... Oh, what's Champa's nickname? I called him Daddy. <laughs> Champa turns Cole inside out as he uh, tries to follow up with a last call and instead gets clotheslined. Uh, but he himself can't capitalise thanks to Finn, who can't because of Gargano. <laughs> the pace. Like the final half hour really kicking up the pace with all four men jumping in and countering at such a rate. And this is where A gets really difficult to kind of keep up with notes, but two is when I really got into the match. And I really liked how the pace was kicking up as it went along. With uh, Gargano tried to cut down Cole, but gets caught, and the undisputed man capitalises with a Panama Sunrise 1 2 3, Adam Cole on the board. Time's ticking down, Champa's desperation growing. He's still not on the scoreboard, he's now the only one. He tries to capitalise himself with a running knee to Gargano, but his former partner kicks out. Uh, no, no pissing about. Drape DDT to both Cole and Gargano before following up with a fairy tale ending to Cole. This time, Finn Balor's too worn down at ringside to break up the pin. And all four men are finally on the board for the last 20 minutes of the match. Now you can ramp up that tension. Like, we know exactly where this is going. I personally wouldn't mind. Uh, like if you one, like you could do a pinfall a, a little earlier, but what they're going for was that dramatic finish. Um, all four men pulling themselves up via the ropes. No one standing tall after an exchange leaves them all down. Uh, Champa and Bala in the ring, uh, really seeing the like tunnel determination to score the pin. Like Tommaso again and again covering Finn, then following up with two running knees to the corner. Daddy Champa refusing to lose that control. He goes for an air raid crash to Adam Cole on the apron, but is fought off. Uh, Cole taking the match to the ring. Uh, Champa again going for the air raid crash, this time off of Brett's rope. But Adam flips out, can't powerbomb the man, so instead just kicks him in the surgically repaired knee and drags him into the centre for a submission. And this became Champa's pain <laughs> for the rest of the match. Uh, like Balor runs in and breaks it up. Well, the submission that Cole was doing before locking in his own. Uh, Cole back in. Champa tries to fight him off and putting it on another submission, but again gets locked down. It's like, oh, I really like this. Both men wanted to win so much that they were taking it in turns to try and make Champa tap. Uh, Tommaso Tapper? No, Tapasso Tap. <laughs> Let's just leave it. Um, Gargano runs in, twists Champa around, uh, which also turns the pain onto Cole because Cole was putting on a submission still. Gargano turns Tommaso uh, Champa onto his front, which then means Cole's being submitted by the legs of Champa, and he locks in the Gargano escape onto his former partner. The innovation from that man, but Balor's there to break it up again, so you don't have to think about how it works for too long because you're not spending that long looking at it because Finn just breaks it up. Uh, all four men back in the ring for the final ten minutes. And if I'm right, a lot of that happened in picture in picture again. Because, again, so many great sequences and building of things and little story notes that were in picture from picture. <laughs> it's so strange. Uh, all square, one, 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 with whoever gets that second pin now, surely it will be a sure thing for them to win. Bala goes to whip Champa, but the knee gives in after all that work. 
A real target for all three opponents to zone in on showed itself. Uh, this time Finn wrenching down on it. And coup de gras from Finn misses as Champa rolls away. And both Gargano and Cole jump for stereo super kicks. Johnny's the one who asserts control, like topeing onto everybody. Uh, but Finn catches him on that attempt and attempts the 1916, I think it's called, on the outside, the elevated DDT. And it's all a callback to Finn Balor's like, heel turns to things where he hit that on the ramp. It's like, oh, yes, callback. That's what I wanted from these guys. <laughs> we've seen Bully Club kind of teaser things. We've seen DIY teasers. And we got this uh, teaser to uh, Gargano and Balor's feud earlier. Uh, Johnny fights through, though. Instead, reversing into a spinning DDT popping off the apron. Uh, Cole's back in the ring to meet Gargano and drop the men's, man's head down onto the knee. That's got a different name. Can't remember what it is, though. Entering an exhausted exchange between those two. Both men tiredly like laying in the fists out of frustration. Five minutes left and neither able to get in any final blow. Champa limping around ringside wrecks havoc. Stopping Gargano's attempt to tap out Cole and just launching all three men around the place. Not even Johnny could stop his charge. Champa goes again to hit that elevation into the ring frame and this time does, driving Gargano into the metal. But Cole's there to break up the pin. The story is still the same for Champa. Uh, on second attempt, Balor's there. Like Champa realising time slipping away and he goes back to launching lads at ringside, just into the plexiglass, where, into tower, metal frames, whatever he could find. Before returning to Gargano, he goes for the ultimate damage, lifts Johnny to the top and hoists for an air raid crash, seemingly whilst also being told, could you slow it down? <laughs> so he, he does that. <laughs> it takes quite a while to get up there. And it's like, yeah, it's one of these where Thrasso Champ is so driven. It was, uh, what, in, you're looking at it in kayfabe in terms of criticism. Yeah, he wouldn't, take that long he would be more direct with it but in reality they'd started this probably start the spot too early so they needed to slow it down so the ending timing was right but he nails the air raid crash on gargano but finn's there for the coup de gras one two three and with 20 seconds left finn surely won it he's on his knees screaming in victory as those final seconds count down when cole runs in from out of nowhere and last call driving his knee to the back of Balor's noggin one, two, three, and we end time with two men at two falls. Oh, shenanigans. Uh, the match ends. They argue between them who won. Uh, Regal runs in and shouts at them that they'll be facing each other next week one-on-one -on -one for the title. It will be decisive, and it is sudden death next week on Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday. I said a, I said a bloody used Tuesday, and I forgot to do it. Uh, on Super Tuesday. Uh, and that was the controversy at the end. It built and it built. I thought the match was great. I liked the little stories in there. I liked the growing frustration of Champa. And in the end, when he was launching folk into the plexiglass at ringside, he was limping the entire time, obviously, because of all the work done on his leg. Like, you really saw the toll of the war that they'd been through. And I really enjoyed the match. But the ending was... Uh... <laughs> That's the best way I could sum it up. I really enjoyed the show. I thought, the again, the entire show from beginning to end was really really good and the main event in particular was fantastic until the ending because personally if you're going to do that go into overtime there and then because that's the precedent that's been set and it will feel a bit you feel a bit you feel cheated i guess is the best way to put it because you as a viewer have invested so much time and then it's kind of a fake out 
And like in the ending, uh, no, you have to wait. You have to tune in next week to see who wins. So, like, uh, uh, I guess that's the best way to put it. And most of that feeling comes from the journey being so long to having so many turns. Like, you've been on an adventure with those four men. Like they, you, you got to come see their journey for a one-hour period without really breaking away from it. And then to have it kind of swerved at the end. It's like, ah, that kind of sucks a bit. But that's my personal view on it. I know loads of people enjoyed it. I know a similar amount were extremely critical on it. Like, for me, it doesn't destroy the rest of the match. I thought the rest of the match was still great and entertaining. But it, it yeah, the ending is a bit crap. And I, <laughs> that's why I'm conflicted. Because I enjoyed the whole episode until the final, like, 30 seconds of like final one minute of the show and the the note it means that the taste at the end of it is a little bit sour because you've got that oh this is the wwe swerve kind of thing of tune in next week but again after you've asked the viewers to tune in for such an amount of time you, you don't do that swerve here like no you, like you reward the time investment and, uh, yeah, but WWE constantly breaking, like, storytelling and entertainment rules. <laughs> and, and quite often for at their detriment. And I, in terms of the question of the show, is the criticism deserved? Yes. 100% yes. It is deserved. Like, the ne negative reception, I feel like it encapsulates all of the points I've raised. The fact that the, like, the show itself was great. The main event match itself, it built and built. It was fantastic. And it was also such a long investment. Imagine it when like Okada and Omega. Imagine when they put their two out of three four stipulation on, and it still it ends in a draw or something that takes it over to I overtime. Or if they instead of doing two out of three falls, they had done an Iron Man match, and didn't go into overtime. It's like you would feel cheated. Like you know you're getting this amount of time to settle it, and after at that end you're cheated out of it. It's like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like overtime there and then is is different, obviously, because you still get to see the outcome. You still get your reward for the time investment. You're just being asked suddenly for a little bit more. And in those final five minutes, often you see the pace kicked up as well. So they're often quite exciting. But here, this was not done right, <laughs> personally. Uh, anyway, I thought the match was fantastic. I thought the show overall was fantastic. Uh, it's just a shame about the actual ending. Which means I am conflicted in terms of the tone of how to end this show. <laughs> it's mostly positive. It's just a shame about, I guess, the ending. Anyway, what do you think? Hit me up on Twitter at the damn impacat. Uh, comment below because it's, it's on YouTube or if you're on iTunes and whatnot, you can five star me or whatever people do. I will be back after All Out this Saturday. Uh, I might be joined with friends. I need to check up with that. Uh, who's definitely joining me? Uh, with AW, I normally have uh, a friend to join me in uh, Jan Man, but we'll see if he's actually able to do it. <laughs> Not double-checked. Anyway, so I'll be back for All Out on Saturday, then it's back to Monday, and I'll be back on when next Wednesday again for the NXT review, as that airs this time next week again. And uh, I'll edit this video so that it doesn't start with silence for five minutes. That was fun. <laughs> really fun checking out. Uh, anyway, with that I say, thank you for listening, and that's that. That's the end of the show. Thank, thank you for paying. Oh, go to Wrestling Headlines, all that. Follow them on Twitter at, I think it's at Laws of Pain <laughs> still for Wrestling Headlines uh, and all of that jazz. I plugged Wrestling Headlines. There you go. <laughs> That's the stuff I normally remembered. Oh, and if you want to support LOP Radio, you can go to uh, our Red Circle page 
And on there, for Laws of Pain Radio, you can donate to help keep us going as well. And I just need to remember to do that. Uh, if you do want to help us keep going, uh, pushing out all this content, it, it helps out quite a lot. I'm not pushing anyone to do it. <laughs> it just really helps. Also on Twitter, stuff that helps, just engagement. Like a viewer, viewing it is enough. But if you do also want to like click the thumbs up and definitely subscribe so you can get all our stuff. Uh, click the bell so you know whenever I'm going live so you get the annoying notifications on your phone. <laughs> do you want to do annoying notifications but the images you pop up with it are my Photoshop stuff? <laughs> then click the bell. And uh, yeah. Anyway, with that, thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing this on. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.